0: Welcome to the Digital Couch, a podcast by Value First, featuring global thinkers and their stories. Over to your host now. Welcome to the episode of Digital Couch. This is Himanshu and I have today with me Devki Dave Devki is the CEO and founder of Instructo. In a previous aftar, Devki held positions at Coercity, Magic Software, Crane, MSL Group and other places. Welcome Devki.
1: Thank you so much, Imanchu. That was the shortest and the most brief introduction anyone has ever (laughs) given in my 10 years of experience. I hope
0: that is fine.
1: (laughs) Yes, it was really good.
0: Okay. What you want to do today is basically understand uh, about your journey and how you've reached, where you've reached uh, in in Struggle. So we'll start with a few basic questions. So the first one is uh, you worked in PR, marketing and sales, and then you took a a plan in your entrepreneurial journey. So tell us your story. How did you reach
1: here? So, you know, it's very interesting. And I think you're probably the first person officially who I'm telling the story to. So I think in 2015, I was, you know, I wanted to go to New York. And I always when I was little, I, you know, my family, a few members studied in the US and I was like, I want to go to New York because that's the place I want to live. And I remember telling my mom, you know, in 2015, I was like, you know, it's been so many years I've been working here, I really want to go. How am I going to get there? What's going to happen? So I actually decided that I will go and um, try and find a job in New York. So I, I had a visa, which was a tourist visa. And I decided that I will go there and I would spend six months and I'll give myself six months and I'll see how things work out. And um, yeah, there, there I was. I, I arrived in New York. This is like a story from the 60s, literally when people used to cross the river and go, uh, the ocean and go. But I I walked, I went to New York. I tried, you know, I applied on LinkedIn to I think hundreds of jobs because I really, really wanted to move there. And um, I just happened to meet, you know, um, some, I used to keep going for these meetups that they keep having in, over there. and And I went and I saw that, you know, I met this gentleman who who was just like standing there, and I was like, "Hi, oh, like, you yeah. and I've, yeah. I've, i you know, I've, I just heard your. um He had a speech before that, and I was like, "It was really good." So he was like, "So what do you do? You know, where do you work?" And I was like, "I actually have just come here to find a job," and this was maybe like three and a half, four months into being in the U.S. right because. It was not that easy to just go there and find a job. And even though I was struggling and trying, it just, no one was really, when they knew I had to get, they had to pay for my visa. They were just like, Oh, actually we don't want to do that. Right. So, um, so he said, he's like, okay. And then he started talking to me and he, when he heard the story, he was like, he was shocked. Right. He's like, what do you mean? You, You don't have a visa and you don't have a job. You were looking for a job. And I'm like, yeah. So he's like, fine. Come to my office for an interview. So I went to his office and, you know, he was such a taskmaster. He had like two, three, four rounds of interviews. And then he gives me these two really thick, big books to read. And he's like, make a PPT and, you know, summarize this entire ed tech market in the US and how it's impacting the world. And I was like, what is ed tech? (laughs) Like, you know, what is this? So I started reading these two books and he'd given me only like three days to finish it. So I had to like literally sit all the time and just read that book. And I was just mesmerized with what was going on in the world and how little you know we knew about it in the Indian in the Indian market, just in terms of kids, you know, when we were kids growing up, we in, had no in idea. India, yeah.
0: In India, EdTech wasn't so big at that time, right? Yeah, it
1: wasn't. It wasn't, right? We just had some of the, you just had Baiju's in 2010 that had started, yeah. but in yeah. 2015, and that was also I think just picking up, and it was yeah. it was not like very like known, and people weren't talking about edtech or anything. Yeah. And uh, even from my own experiences, right, we were used to carrying a bag with like 15 heavy books, and and it, that's just how it was. So yeah, when I, saw- I remember a
0: school bag. It used to be before I went to British school, my other school, my bag is pretty big.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, I think I have a back problem because of that today. (laughs) Like, I'm not even joking, right? So So it was so difficult. um, And, you know, when I was reading about it, I was like, this is incredible. There's a whole new world of education (laughs) that actually people don't know about. So I started, you know, I created this whole PPT and everything. And he decided to give me a job based on that. And and the advantage was that they had an office in India. Right? So he sent me back to India. He got my visa and everything processed. And then I moved to New York so i was there for four years and while i was there i wow. worked with you know pearson and kaplan and wiley and all these big publishers across the
0: world so he funded and, your uh, so, sorry he funded your visa then
1: and yeah was, so the company got my visa done they did everything right because i went on a proper visa with to work for that for that company and when i was there you know i was working for all these different i used to travel a lot for these uh, conferences and everything for in the edtech space and, you know, okay. the kind of innovations that were going on in maths and science and all these different subjects would yeah. just make you realize, you know, that children abroad have such an amazing way of learning, right? Because their learning, their learning is not, it's not a burden. It was, it was actually fun, engaging, interactive. Like, when I would go for conferences, I would actually see kids standing in front of these boots and, like, drawing certain things, you know, whether it was a biology experiment, and smiling. Like I had never seen a child smile in my entire life in my class, right? Unless he did something Uh, naughty. So it was just unbelievable, right? That this Uh, this world existed. And I just kept thinking about it. And for me, it was always uh, something that I wanted to do. I always thought at some point, i will start something on my own. And when I saw all of these things, I was like, actually, you know, I want to do interactive learning with live teachers, but for languages, because again, I think that's one one place that was really not, um, you know, really, uh, India is a very academic market for STEM, but English, yeah. et cetera, is always where people lose out. You know, when they go for an interview, they may be amazing on paper, but you yeah. interview them and some of them, you're like, actually, their communication skills weren't that strong. So, you know, perhaps they this won't work, right? And I think that's why I really wanted to start something and this is how I actually started it.
0: Okay. So basically, uh, you got introduced to EdTech by chance, you could say, or with your in- initiative. Completely and,
1: by uh, chance.
0: Yeah, and and then you, as you saw how kids are enjoying what they're enjoying while while they're learning, you wanted to do something like that. You wanted yeah, to enjoy. Absolutely. It first.
1: Okay,
0: that makes sense, and that's a very interesting story. Like I think it was very entrepreneurial of you, first of all, to go without a visa, uh, just without <laughs> a visa, and look for a job for three and a half months. Wow. And you had like, I think you could stay for six months before you, you come back, correct? Yeah,
1: I was there exactly on, I think I had one day left to complete six months and I had to leave And I was like, fine, I'm going back. Because until then, I, I just, you know, was sitting from there. I wasn't officially working, but I was sitting in their office, just working a little bit. It was really, it was amazing. You know, it was really, yeah. really
0: amazing. Wow, that's really entrepreneurial of you. I think it's very gutsy of you to just go and do that and go after your dream. A lot of people want to work in New York. I think even Americans want to work in New York and they don't do what you did. I think just just going there and finding a job. And obviously, I've been there. I love the city. I've only been there for three days, but I fell in love in three days. So I'm sure it was me.
1: Yeah, trust me. I mean, I would go back in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah. Are you in London now? I think uh, it's like like New York of Europe. So it's not that bad. Yeah,
1: it's not bad. No, it's not. I mean, I think it's really nice here. And I think after a certain age, you kind of... Also, when, you know, your work-life balance is more when you're doing a job and not when you have your own company. So, yeah. you know, when you have your own company, it doesn't matter where you are because you're always working. <laughs> so it doesn't matter whether I'm in New York or London or, you know, it's, it's fine. Like, I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, I think at least with London, you have the four and a half hours difference, instead of the New York, well, uh, 10 hours difference.
1: Oh, yeah, that would have been impossible, right? Because we're yeah. headquartered in London, our offices are in India, and my and everyone, uh, my colleagues, everyone, they're in India. And to manage the New York difference would have just been crazy. At least this works out because, you know, I can start early, but over there, it's impossible to work opposite hours, literally.
0: Yeah, no, it makes sense, definitely. So... Before you started Instrako, you worked in marketing, PR and sales, even in India. So what was it which said, now I'm going to start my startup? What made you decide or what was the deciding factor that now I want to focus on on building my own startup?
1: You know, so I think when you want to start your own company, there is so much that, you know, you're, you're always nervous. And it's, it's a very, it's not an easy decision to make. You know, because you, you're looking to build something really big. And I think, especially, I think the kind of culture we come from, you're always yeah. like looking over your shoulder and worrying what people will say, you know, who will give you advice. And it's it's just, you're used to people constantly giving you advice and telling you don't do this or do this. And actually, this is not the right thing. So I think it's it was a lot of years of me just contemplating. And I really feel like the one person who was constantly pushing me was my mother. And she would constantly keep telling me, you know, just what is the worst that will happen? It won't work out. So, and I was like, yeah, but you don't know if it doesn't work out. It's just such an awkward situation to be in, right? Because everyone will know I tried to do something and she's like, it doesn't, who is everyone? It just doesn't matter. Just do what you feel like doing. And I think uh, when the pandemic started yeah, is when I was like, okay, now when I moved back and I was in India, I didn't have a job, right? Because I wanted to start something of my own, but I was also contemplating it. So I wasn't really sure which is why I was trying to take some time out to think about really what, when I wanted to start or whether I really wanted to start something also or not. And once the pandemic hit, I was like, that's it. I'm not going to get a job for the next, I don't know, couple of months at least. And this is before we knew that this pandemic is going to go on for a couple of years. Right. So in March last, last year, I was like, I was thinking about it and my mom was like, you know, just please start it. It's okay. Now is the time because you're not going to get a job. Just do it. Just do it. And one fine day, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And that was it. Like, it was just an epiphany, you know, <laughs> But or like a, one of those things where you just said, that's it. I'm just going to do it now.
0: I think it helps that your mom was supporting you. I think normally family is something that always is very worried. What, what if you fail? But if, if someone is telling you, it doesn't matter if you fail, because especially in India, I think they take failure as as, as a very big, right? very bad thing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, that's why in India, you'll always find more workers and less entrepreneurs. And in the US, you fail, you, you do something else, you succeed. You, it's just you look at the number of entrepreneurs who've done things, gone bankrupt and started again, because they just nothing stops them because they don't, you know, no one frowns upon the fact that they failed. Whereas in India, people, even during exams, you've seen the kind of pressure during your board examinations that children have it's just it's so unfair and unneeded you know because those are not things that determine your future and your success I mean I was not an academic student believe so it's not like that was something that was leading me to believe that I'm going to do really well or not because I just I i loved reading books but I didn't like studying.
0: Okay well I think uh uh I think that makes a lot of difference and uh Yes, personally also, I have, uh, I have had startups which have not been a great success. I, I have got exits though, but uh, not to what I wanted to. I think that the amount I learned from those startups is, w- is what has made me what I am today. So I think uh, this uh, taboo on failure is, is one thing we have to get uh, rid of. And we have I to allow people that. to go and just do what they need to do and, and go after their vision and, and their dreams. I think once you do that, uh, it really helps. So it's, yeah. it's good to know you did that and it's good to know your family supported you because uh, normally it's the family which is the most for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, mine mine, isn't. mine wasn't. My mom was like, no, just do it.
0: Yeah. So uh, if you don't mind me asking, you're the only founder. Uh, so uh, does that play if, uh, good for you, bad for you or, or, or what is it? You
1: know, I think uh, this this whole thing of being a founder is something that I didn't have an option really, because it's like, it's like having, it's like marrying someone, right? When you meet a co-founder or when you have, so, you know, you don't really know uh, until that, that energy is not right. That if this is the right person or not, because it's so difficult to start a company with someone that you're not really sure about. And um, it became very difficult for me to meet people in the pandemic anyway where I could have said, actually, why don't you start this with me, right? Because we were all isolating at home. And I had no time to waste. So I didn't really think about a co founder or anything, I just started it. And um, it is really difficult, I think, because all the pressure was on my shoulders in the beginning, where I had to kind of manage everything from hiring, marketing, sales, developing content, hiring people. It was really, really tough. I did have support from certain people but not when it came to actual execution you know of like okay let me sit and get my website yeah. done and this done and that done and so it was yeah. not easy and I don't think uh, it's easy but now that we've grown you know we have people working and it's much easier and um, okay. but when I first started it was it was very very difficult because you know when you have a co-founder you have that support and you have and your work is divided right here instead of maybe working nine, 10 hours a day I was working. When I started my company, I used to work 16, 17 hours every single day for about six, eight months. It was completely like, it was like absolutely crazy. I mean, I would wake up, start working. And then the, I remember like my laptop just used to be next to me all the time because I just I was just working like a machine. So wow. I think a co-founder would have helped with at least that, right? Because I would have been like, okay, now I'm sleeping, please carry on. But yeah. that wasn't the case.
0: <laughs> I think when I had a co-founder, we were we were very close then because we became very close. Yeah. friends. because literally we used to have lunch dinners together, just working on a laptop, sit, like going over stuff, and yeah, yeah. like we would, we would do sleepovers in, in in our houses, yeah, so that we could get up and start working next morning also. So exactly,
1: yeah. and you know it's fun because yeah. you kind of if you if something goes wrong, the other person is like, actually, don't worry, you know, we will find something else. Here, yeah. it's really difficult when something goes wrong as a founder, because you have no one to turn to who will understand it at the same level as you will, right? Because people will say yes, of course, and get okay. But when someone's in it with you, yeah. then it's the same, it's the effect is the same that they yeah, have. Definitely. And they're just like, so it really helps in just carrying that burden. But I think now we're in a position where it it doesn't really matter as much, because, you know, we've hired senior people, and we have really good people who work for us. And it it does definitely help me when i i don't have to now manage every single person and at that point it was like that. so i think you know after one year it's it's much better
0: yeah uh, i think that comes to obviously uh, would like to know more about InstraCo, what it does uh, where is it uh, from where it started to where it is now and, yeah. and more about the startup
1: yeah so so you know InstraCo, it teaches languages to children we have uh, we do, we do different languages and we focus on teaching them through storytelling methods, right? And yeah. our stories talk yeah. about uh, a different, we have a cross-curricular approach. So I really wanted to start something which would be interesting and digitized and animated. So yeah. for me, when I started InstraCo, it, uh, it was to do with story, language learning, storytelling with live teachers. And, you know, everyone has access to to teachers, but it's very difficult to find amazing teachers. So we were really, really strict about finding teachers, training them and doing all of that. And we decided to have teachers from India as well as native speakers. Because, you know, a lot of people go to, for example, LSE summer school or, you know, they travel for summer school abroad because they don't have the opportunity to learn in India through people who are abroad. And it also yeah, is just yeah. nice to have a teacher. You know, back in the day, people had pen friends, for example. Yeah, here now, yeah. You know, when you know someone abroad, it's just such a, it's just nice to have that connection. You know, when you're like, oh, how's the weather? I'm here. And you know, the, for little kids, especially they get so excited. I mean, I see the lessons and yeah. I see that kids get so excited having teachers, you know, who are in different parts of the world because they're also learning about different parts of the world then, right? And And it's really interesting. So I decided to, have native speakers as well as teachers from india and yeah. we we created this we hired like a lot of writers from university of oxford who actually created this amazing content for us which was of course aligned to the indian curriculum but you know more or less uh, slightly advanced and more global in terms of for example we added things like you know critical thinking life skills um, emotional intelligence you know these are not things we are taught in the country right like we in growing up we didn't have any of this as part of our curriculum no and we really uh and that's why i thought you know we need to have storytelling methods because through stories firstly it's interesting and you always remember when you're told a story yeah, right? that's true. Uh, yeah. so i wanted to have storytelling methods uh, that would teach them the language and how to communicate and also enhance the life skills and critical thinking skills right so For example, we have stories that talk about, you know, empathy, patience, kindness, but are teaching you apostrophes and punctuations, right? But the the meaning and the moral of the story really remains uh, very, very important always. And as you grow older, we have a very cross-curricular approach where we introduce subjects like, you know, history, math, science, philosophy. So we have stories on, you know, Alexander the Great or... Um, artificial intelligence versus versus human effort. But it's teaching you English, right? So it's teaching you um, vocabulary. It's teaching you grammar. So I think this is how, it's like reading multiple books, but with a live teacher. And all the lessons are highly personalized and tailored. So when parents tell us, you know, that we want our child to improve uh, vocabulary or pronunciation, the teacher will really choose those lesson plans that will focus and enhance that feature in the child. So this is pretty much how we
0: And and it's all one-on-one, right? It's all like personalized one-on-one classes. It's not like like you have five kids learning from a teacher.
1: No. So we have two options. One is a one-to-one, which is uh, obviously just one teacher and one child. And one is a group. And our group is only four kids. So it's a small group. And um, we've done that only for the reason that not everyone, some parents want, especially during the pandemic, when we started with one-to-one, by the way, and we pivoted into group as well. Okay. And the reason for that was that some parents were really uh, bothered and worried about their child not having any sort of connection with other children. And so they, had... they wanted... Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's a good yeah. idea. You know, because right now, all the classes are digital, but there's such large groups of, of kids online that they, they, you can't really like build a connection. But when it's only yeah, four, no, you kids, can't. When it's four kids and they can talk to each other, I think actually it's, it's a great idea because you can build a bond over, over this.
1: Yeah, so and they, you know, we do really fun activities with them. Like we'll do a mood competition and we'll do like, a, you know, a, someone who's for and against the subject. And it's very healthy competition because... Also, that also enhances their life skills because they learn how to argue without getting aggressive and fighting. Because there's a teacher who's modulating it and actually telling them how yeah. to react to certain situations, you know. And it, it just, it also helps. So, so, yeah, that's why we launched a group as well.
0: Okay. And tell me, uh, what's the age group? It's, uh, it's from what age to what age?
1: Yeah, so it's three to
0: 15. Okay, and
1: um, yeah, so, so, so you it's you a years long old. Range.
0: Yeah, you cover a long range.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, what we've also done is we've started partnering with different schools abroad. Like we partnered oh. with Eton College and we distribute Eton X's content in India for 13 oh. to 18 year olds. Oh wow. So, you know, that was actually a very, very big win for us because having such a big name and yeah. they actually vetted all our content before they decided to go ahead with it because, you know, they have to be sure of who they associate themselves with.
0: Definitely, and yeah.
1: uh, when Eton came uh, and asked us and they reached out to us, we didn't even reach out to them. So it was just pure I don't know whether Maybe. it was luck or I don't know what it was like yeah. they reached out to us and we and they you know it, it went on for two three months the whole you know uh, sort of vetting and them checking yeah. everything and then finally when we signed that contract we were like wow you know this is I can't believe we're working with Eton. so yeah. it was just like it's of the
0: best uh, like institutes in England so it's amazing and yeah in the world, exactly. and the
1: world in the world right like yeah. some of the top yeah. CEOs and yeah. Top like entrepreneurs, bankers, I think even everyone some prime from Eaton. I think even some yeah, prime ministers, ministers. yeah, from Eton, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you also have the royal family, uh,
0: yeah. which
1: went to Eton as well. So yeah, it was it was a big win, and I think because of that, we cover the thirteen to eighteen age group as well because they're more specialized courses, okay. and you know they have things like interview skills, verbal communication. So wow. that is more specialized and and you know uh shorter courses like six weeks, seven week courses.
0: Is it challenging? Like, is it challenging to like teach kids uh, who are like older, or it's fun still for the teachers? So, uh, uh, for instruct,
1: yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. So for instructor, I think three to fifteen is a good age, because okay. um, I think after that is when it starts getting very very competitive. And Eaton actually uses their own. Pro- so Eaton courses, if someone signs up for, it's their professors who teach. Oh, wow. So it's a very formalized structured thing because it's all certified by Eaton, right? So we have we only distribute their content and people come through us to buy Eaton's courses. And once they buy, it's all done by Eaton directly, where they will schedule it and they will essentially assign their own tutors to students in India. And there's seven students in that group from different parts of the world. So it I'm not sure it can't be difficult at that point because you know it's not like uh, you're teaching. I remember in school, as we grew older, it became harder for teachers to teach us. But when it's a smaller group, everyone is being noticed. So I think yeah. it's, it's difficult to kind of, you know, do anything. But yeah, I think for us, for teachers, in fact, it's harder to teach younger age groups, I would say, right? So imagine making a three-year-old sit in front of the computer yeah.
0: and just learn. Uh, yeah,
1: That's what's hard. And we have kids who are also two and a half, to be honest, because some parents oh. feel like and it's and you know it's actually true. Like the earlier you make your child learn, if you see like when the minute the, the minute the children start speaking, whatever you say, they'll repeat after you. Right. So when parents are seeing that pattern, they should they should start making their children actually learn because that's when they'll absorb the most.
0: But, but
1: that's it, the I, age it's hardest to put them in front of the screen yeah, and I actually make them the watch.
0: Gap. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, having said that, you have got uh, quite a few star endorsements who are uh, who are using your product. What do you think about that? Like, how did you approach them, or they or they found your platform online?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, for we started our first endorsement was with Karina Kapoor in January, uh, yeah. and uh, and it was just we decided to go ahead with her, and you know, we were just talking because I think she's just a great mom. Everyone looks at her and and admires her as a mother, as an actor, as an entrepreneur herself, right? I mean, she's achieved so much and she's a brilliant actor and she's just so good at her job in general that we thought she was the right fit for it. And we decided to reach out to her and we did this whole collaboration with her and her son still does lessons with us, you know, despite the fact that, I mean, it was a short collaboration, he's still doing Mm -hmm. lessons with us and he loves them. You know, he absolutely loves lessons. So, I think, I, so yeah, I think
0: volumes. that speaks volumes. Yeah, All so volumes. I
1: mean, this is the second time she's renewed with us, right? So our renewal rates actually, Himanshu, are, you know, so high. Like, we, every parent who purchases classes with us ends up buying at least three times over. Uh, so, wow. you know, that right. we we just have to get the customer to, to buy once and then they'll stay. And now that we have different languages and different courses, you know, there's, they also end up... So one parent is always learning English and, say, public speaking or creative writing or French or Spanish. So we don't have a person just coming, signing up and dropping out, right? We have people who stay with us for a long, long time.
0: Okay. Okay, that's amazing because I think that also speaks for you because when you have renewal, you will have growth and you will have recurring growth because you keep having new people joining in and you will have your old uh, ones. Yeah, and,
1: you know, when we started in Strucko, which was in July 2020, 20 yeah this is 2020 yeah so July 2020 I was uh, I remember my first you know uh, <laughs> my first uh, month was I think we'd yeah. done it was all word of mouth and I was just trying to test the product and I think we did like a lakh and a half and I was oh. like oh my god wow you know I've done or yeah. maybe more maybe oh. it was around two or something but it was yeah. like the most amazing feeling in the world Right. And after that, of course, like, you know, people kept referring us. And in December is really December Jan is really when we started marketing. Earlier, we had just grown through referrals and word of mouth, because people loved our product so much that they would actually go and refer. And we didn't even have a referral policy. Only later will we be like, actually, you know, we should have a referral policy because parents refer us so much. And now we have a very strong referral policy and we've really grown mostly through word of mouth and referrals, right? Like, I think that's how we have really, really grown because people who see us on, online want to do a trial class with us, but people who come through referrals just end up purchasing a package with us. So that's, that's awesome. the difference. And it's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think because through referrals, they've already heard and they've seen the other kids are doing better. So they, def- exactly. they definitely want to use you. And I think obviously if they come through a trial, so I think that was leading to my next question about online education It's very hot in India right now, right? EdTech is pretty big yeah. in India, There's a lot of startups, how did you stand out and what's your strategy to like, to keep standing out from what you do compared to others?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, like I said, uh, for me, the most important thing was my content. I wasn't even thinking of customers, you know, when I was creating this content, because I was just like, I'm going to create the most amazing content in the world that children will love. And I will spend time, money, etc. Just making sure that that is amazing, right? So when we first started out, we really started focusing on the content and the delivery of that content and less on the tech. Because, you know, I mean, Himanshu, to be honest, how much does it cost to build tech like crores, right? It's not it's not cheap to build a build an LMS or like build a you know it's very very expensive so I was like either I build this amazing automated platform where all of this will happen or I just invest that money creating the most amazing content in the world right and I think for some reason because I was so passionate about content myself I ended up creating content um, obviously through other content writers in the world and you know we realized that parents just loved our content, they didn't care what was happening. And, you know, what was the tech, if you really come to think of it, it's the product at the end of the day that wins over anything else, right. So we they loved it so much that, you know, it was, it was really interesting, because I think the kind of storytelling format, the amount of effort we've, we've invested in getting, you know, experts from University of Oxford to create that international global curriculum, which with this cross curricular approach, it's all digitized, gamified, animated. You know, we don't use PPTs like other, other people do, right? We don't, our co- content is completely animated and digitized. So I think those are the things that have really helped us grow. And I think that's why people keep coming back to us because, you know, I've had people who've gone to multiple players and taken classes and then finally come back to us and said, you know, actually, we just love this. You know, we were very okay, particular all- of the quality. Okay.
0: So I, th- I think you stand out uh, with, with the content you have and you stand out, uh, I think, with the, with the global teachers across different regions who are like native speakers of the language.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the fact that we have certified teachers. We only hire teachers who are certified. You know, we don't hire just anyone who can teach English, right? Like who speaks English. That's not our uh, way of teaching. We hire teachers who are certified to teach kids or uh, adults.
0: Okay, got it. That makes sense. I think I think that really helps also. And uh, uh, I know that we're running out of time, but I want to understand. Uh, so how do you target your audience apart from referral? You have a strong... I think because you were in the marketing, you know how to do digital marketing very well, right? So Have you used your experience in that space to uh, to reach out to the right kind of parents who can... Who, who yeah, can absolutely.
1: I think, yeah. you know, certain celebrity moms really help in, in okay. spreading that word. Um, secondly, we do, we do use digital marketing to, to reach out to parents. But again, I would say that, you know, that is such every, because the market is so crowded and every person is kind of doing it, you know, parents are also taking so much longer to make those decisions. And what happens is that, uh, you know, digital marketing just really helps in building brand awareness, but otherwise (laughs) it really comes down to the fundamentals, which is just really, you know, growing through word of mouth. I think that is the best way. And of course, through digital marketing, we've grown a lot as well. People now know about us in every nook and cranny of India only because of digital marketing, because everyone is on Instagram. And, you know, we've partnered with so many schools in India as well. So when we started partnering with schools now, uh, they, do, they use our content, they use our teachers, they use our lessons. So I think that also has really helped in just spreading awareness. Okay,
0: that's and Yeah,
1: I think this is, yeah.
0: So what are the next steps in terms of, I think, where do you want to be in the next one year now?
1: So, I mean, had you asked me this question, you know, I remember I was talking to my mom when I first yeah. started and I was like, mom, imagine, you know, in like two, three years, if we have Kareena Kapoor on board and imagine we did it in six months, right? So I don't know, to be honest. Uh, it's like, it's really, yeah. it's really interesting because in one year, I do, I'm, I do have a lot of things that I'd love to do. It's, but yeah. for now, we just want to focus really on like making sure the customers are renewing, our, our referring, our and and I do hope that, you know, the company does do extremely well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens. A lot will depend on the pandemic. We're building a lot of new courses. We're launching a lot of new things. So, but a lot will depend on the pandemic of, you know, what level we can market at, what really how things will open up. And and I think, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens, to be honest. Like, I'm really, really looking forward to it.
0: So is your focus only going to be India or you want to be global, like uh, with your content and your users, your customer base?
1: I mean, who wouldn't say I want to be global, right? (laughs) I want every person to do Instructo's lessons, but to be honest, uh, I think it's good to just focus on India right now. We have got a lot of different users in Nepal, in Sri Lanka, in um, Middle East, where like we have so many parents in the Middle East and the UK. But honestly, that has just happened through word of mouth. We have not spent a single marketing dollar outside of India as of now. The fact that we have, yeah, the fact that we have, we probably have over, um, I I would say at least four to 500 parents just from abroad is just a pure coincidence of referrals and word of mouth. We have not done anything. Now we have uh, over 15,000 users, you know, from all over. And I think that's
0: amazing just, that when yeah. the next question, how many users do you have and you, you just answered it so that's yeah group. yeah so
1: so yeah so I think users, is... that's a
0: lot yeah that's a, that's a big growth and you said you work 16 17 hours is that the case now also no After no five, now it's five, not i think
1: now it's like maybe 14 but not more than that
0: <laughs> so what do you do apart from those 14 hours when you're not working what keeps you busy so I I think uh,
1: I just got married recently it's it's not even been six months thank you so I do try to uh, spend time with my husband whenever because he's like constantly like are you working it's a Sunday and I'm like okay I know I know okay just give me an hour you know and he's just been so supportive and understanding but whenever I get free and and I just love spending time with him we both actually love playing video games so we play that or we'll watch what games do you play? What
0: game do, do you play?
1: Um, so recently, you know, I started playing this game called uh, uh, sorry, sorry, what's it called? Farm? No, Animal Crossing, which Animal is Crossing. just yeah, it's amazing, right? I was like totally addicted to it, and I was like carrying that Nintendo everywhere in the car to play it <laughs> while I was free. And um, we love playing Mario Kart. And okay. recently, he's been after my life to play Uncharted. Which I haven't really started playing because I've, it's a, it's a single player game, and I'm like, I want to play with you if we're playing. So so yeah, we play Mario Kart. We play, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. We we also play this game called Overcooked, where you you both are working in a restaurant and the food is constantly burning, so you need to you know set the fire out, but you also need to take the delivery to the customers. It's really it's a, it's like in Struggle. Believe me, it's just completely crazy. It's a lot of fun. So so yeah. I also, I also read a lot. So okay. whenever I get a chance, I love reading my books. And um, I used to read a book a day before I started this company. And now I think I read a book in like two months. So I'm wow. trying to catch up on that as much as possible.
0: So what kind of books do you
1: read? Uh, so yeah, business books? Or- yeah. Um, no, you know, I I mean, business books are okay, because I do so much business day to day that I can learn from my own experiences for the most part. Um, but I think I love, I love philosophy. So I read a lot of philosophy. I read a lot of Aristotle, Plato, uh, you know, just other, other kind of philosophers. I love um, geopolitics. So I love reading about that. And yeah, I mean, I just, I think science, I love sci-fi. So I love reading sci-fi books as well, but mostly I would say, you know, geopolitics, philosophy are like my top, top most genres that I love, love reading.
0: That makes sense. So I think, uh, that's good to know that you, you do get time to do other stuff apart from working. Because Yeah, no, your... I do, of course. Yeah. No, no, and me... I play
1: polo, right? So for me, any chance yeah. I get, I just run to my the farm and, and play polo. And, you know, it's just that is my meditation. And, and that is the most therapeutic time that I have. Because when I'm on the horse, and firstly, they're just beautiful animals. And, you know, when you're there, you're just happy. And when I'm on the horse, I don't think about anything right in the world like my mind is just concentrating on riding and nothing else and I think that is, the, that is the thing I enjoy doing absolutely the most in this whole world
0: okay awesome and uh, uh, you can do that in, the, in London you have a place you can go yeah. and play okay.
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: okay that's amazing because I, I think uh, having a sports having a hobby is very important that you're not always working but I think that also gives you time to like reflect on what's going on and how you can improve further what you're yeah. doing absolutely. yeah absolutely I completely
1: and, agree with you and you know I'm you yourself are an entrepreneur you yourself do these amazing things where you go on mountain tops and just don't like answer your phone or your phone was switched off for two days and I'm like what happened here and you're like oh I actually <laughs> do this do this quite often and I'm like wow that is amazing you know I mean I love doing that you, I love doing that yeah. at, it's amazing how you do it because I really admire that quality and it's really difficult to be comfortable with yourself without any, anything around you and the fact that you can do that just goes to show how, you know, I mean, how amazing you are as a person. I think it's just a great quality to have.
0: Yeah, I think uh, what I believe in is if you enjoy your company, then others can enjoy your company as well. So if you can't spend time with yourself alone, then that's not a good, uh, it's, it's not a good sign.
1: I agree completely, you know, it's really important and I think this is what makes you more stable, you know, makes you take more chances because what matters to you the most is how you think and look inside yourself and and there's nothing more important than that, right? So, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that that definitely makes sense. Uh, I have like one, uh, I know we're running out of time. And no, no, it's I, fine,
1: don't worry, take your time.
0: Yeah, so I wanted to ask what kind of advice do you want to give uh, our viewers who are listening to this, in terms of if they want to do a startup first, and if they want to go in ed tech space second, what yeah. would you tell them to uh, top three things which you have learned, which you want them to do, or they should keep in mind?
1: Yeah, so I think the first and the most important thing is that you know it's not just an idea, right? An yeah. idea. Lots of ideas are amazing, but it's the execution. So when you're ready to start something you need to understand the next couple of years of your life will be only about the execution and you know there's very little honestly when I started it was just no one was coming and saying good job and you know this and that and it you have to keep motivating yourself you know you have to constantly just keep motivating not be worried about what people think what will happen tomorrow because every day a new problem comes up or a new and the wins you know like I remember when I first when I did a sale for 600 rupees which was my first sale yeah. I was like jumping and overjoyed right because yeah. it was just I'd worked so hard for like a couple of months and then I would got that 600 rupees in right and yeah. from there obviously it's grown but you know I've just noticed one thing that your high shouldn't be too high and I'm sure every single person says this and your low shouldn't be too low because as an entrepreneur you know emotional intelligence is so important like how to react in certain situations just to be completely calm and and very very stable but I think execution is very important and I know a lot of people come with ideas but they don't realize often that there is so much that goes behind that idea that to make it a success right but you must try to do it without worrying about what others will think of you because no one will ever think of something until you've made it. And I and I mean, even when I was starting, so many people were like, do you know how many startups fail? And I'm like, okay, so it'll fail. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> what, what will I do, right? Yeah. So, and now those people message me, right? On LinkedIn, I got so many messages, you know, Himanshu, when we recently won this um, award just two days well, yes, ago by the economic Times. Uh,
0: how was that? Thank Sorry. you. I, mean, it's I was,
1: unfortunately, you know, I was in London and I was so overwhelmed because... I was like you know oh my god after a year I'm being and this is my first award since I passed out from school (laughs) so you can imagine how how elated I was so and I wasn't there unfortunately to receive it in person but you know we were all so excited I think my mother most of all she was like literally jumping in joy my husband he was like wow so I think, you know, once I received this award, I had so many people message me. And these are the people who told me, you know, that it may not work or you don't know. And and I think it's, you know, it's just part of it, but you still have to just be that same person. You have to just yeah. laugh it off and be like, you know what? It's fine, right? Like, it doesn't matter. I
0: yeah, it doesn't matter. The people who who, are, who who say this and then they come and support you, if you just thank them. I think... Uh, Absolutely,
1: I really do. And I did, I actually sat, In fact last night and and messaged everyone back on linkedin every single person saying thank you thank you you know because at the end of the day what you really prove in life is to yourself and when you start something that's what you need to think about so no one cares that much about your success or your failure as far as you know you're being honest and dedicated to your own you know mission right and i think that's really what it is and and when i when we won this award obviously we were just all so excited i think my team was so happy Because um, uh,
0: tell us more about the award, what it was, and who took it?
1: So my marketing manager, Nimoli, she's in Bombay. So she went for the award. And, uh, you know, the Economic Times actually awarded us. And it was for the best, um, the innovator in edtech for 2021, the uh, the best woman entrepreneur in, um, you know, innovating customized learning. So... uh, we fill this uh, award this was just like we just got we got nominated and we were like should we fill it you know and we were like fine let's just do it and see what happens and then two days later we get an email I still remember I was at my cousin's wedding and I had no intentions of having a drink and when I got this email I was like you know what actually I'm gonna have a drink and it was just amazing because you know these little things just help you feel like You're being noticed for the good work that you're doing. I think it's always
0: good to be acknowledged. I think it always helps.
1: Absolutely, you know, appreciation is...
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's everything,
1: you know. And uh, it just makes such a difference. It just kind of gives you that positive boost. And and I really thank them for doing it. It was all really well organized in Bombay. And we were just like waiting to see, get videos and see, because I was not there to receive it. So I had to, in fact, record a video and send it. And hopefully, okay. yeah, we'll see, hopefully for the next award, whenever we get it, I should, I hopefully will be in India.
0: Yeah. So uh, one last thing uh, before we go, like, do you think after the pandemic goes, the online teaching space will change and, and will, it, will it impact you? But uh, because I believe yeah. what you do is is very different than, yeah. uh, than, what, than what is available in schools. So maybe it doesn't, yeah. but, but but what's your view on it?
1: No, I, I definitely think that the online space is just there's so many people doing so many things. Yeah. And a lot of people have just come into the market without any structure or thought. It's just, you know, let me just teach this just because right now there's no other option. And I do yeah. think the space will get less crowded once the schools start, which is a very good thing because I do think that the best products should stay in the market. The best ones who have who have an amazing product should stay, right? But yeah. it's just a lot of, I think a lot of noise also in the market that parents need to or now, you know, parents call and say, I want a public speaking class. And I'm like, what is, a? P- you can't teach a three-year-old public speaking, you know, no, this is not yeah. how it works. But the advertisements that you see nowadays in the, on, on um, digital, mar- this is all digital marketing, right? Yeah. This yeah. needs yeah. to stop because you're, you're, you're educating, your parents are getting affected by this. And they're putting so much pressure on themselves, on the children that I want my child to become a public speaker at the age of five. And, you know, these things are just so unfair. So I do think that the schools, once they reopen, only the best ones will survive. And I think the ones that have like, uh, that bring other things to the table as well, because like I said, you know, life skills, critical thinking, all of these things are not taught in the curriculum. And I think those are the kind of brands that will do really, really well. And, um, and I think it's important for parents to understand that, you know, that, that, yeah,
0: definitely I think I think sometimes parents want to uh, like teach too many things to the kids very young yeah. in age and we should let uh, let them develop yeah. <laughs> a bit
1: I agree completely I mean I know four-year-olds who are doing coding and I'm like what is what is what are they learning you know like I want to know what they're learning I, I mean I want to ask this kid six months later what they have learned and they will know nothing you can't yeah. you can't possibly do it but I think everyone is just so idle that they're like just do whatever comes your way. But yeah. it's, it shouldn't be like that because, you you know, kids are learning everything and absorbing everything and they're polluting their mind,
0: yeah. right?
1: So you have to, as parents, make very conscious decisions of what I should teach my child just because something is readily available doesn't mean it's good for your child. Whereas, you know, it may be good for a different child who is who is who could become, I don't know, like a techie in the future. Yeah. But not Definitely. every kid is a techie. Every kid not a techie. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, I, think, so yeah. I,
0: I think that definitely needs to change. That's true. So uh, I wanted to ask one question, which I, I love asking everyone who's an entrepreneur. Do you think entrepreneurs are like made or are they born with the instinct of, of being an entrepreneur? Or I is think they're journey?
1: born. I okay. think they are born, right? Because that's just, you can't, I mean, this is something you just have in you forever. Okay. So and you, they oh, can be yeah, made. I mean, but I think the ones who really um, the one you admire the ones you admire they have a different uh, outlook they have a different way of life right they just they're very I mean look at uh, these look at like you know Steve Jobs or they're not normal people they were not normal people yeah. like Elon yeah. Musk they're yeah. not they're not somebody you meet in school and you don't and you look at and you're like this guy's weird <laughs> you know like yeah. <laughs> that's so so yeah entrepreneurs are weird like they're just not the, they're not the run of the mill definitely not
0: yeah Okay, that makes sense. So I think uh, uh, I think I, I would like to overly thank you for your time and uh, for for coming on board. Do you want to say anything else to our viewers before we end the podcast?
1: Uh, no, I just think, Imanchu, you know, you've pretty much covered every question that uh, we had that we I would like to have uh, have talked about. I think thank you so much for inviting me, and I think you know you have always helped me, and I just want to thank you from the beginning of my journey. I remember when i was like himant hey, you know i'm planning on starting this company to now where you have introduced me and made me meet such amazing people along the way and i think you're just such uh, such a support so thank you very much and um and to all the viewers i hope they enjoyed listening to this because some of the stories that i've talked about today i actually don't think anybody knows about i think my husband also would have been like really you did that so, <laughs> so yeah i think it'll be fun and and yeah. uh, you know i'm looking forward to hearing it
0: I'm also looking forward to our viewers to hearing your story. Thank you so much, Datekey, uh, for being on Digital. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Manchu. Bye.
0: Thanks for tuning into this episode. We hope you found it useful. Do write to us at The Digital Couch at vfirst.com for any suggestions. To know more about Value First, visit www.vfirst.com. See you in our next episode. Till then, Keep spreading joy.